Welcome, everyone. This is Recovery Dharma. My name is Julia. I'm one of the facilitators of the Spokane Sangha. And one of the unique things that the Spokane Sangha has done in the, for the last several months is we've selected a theme that is related to spiritual practice. And I try to also weave that into the realities of recovery and support. Last month, we spent the entire month exploring the archetypal mother and the sacred feminine. This month, we are exploring the archetypal father and the sacred masculine. In the Buddhist tradition, parents are... um, They are a source of deep, deep honor and reverence. Um, There is a culture around paying homage to parents and ancestors and lineage that is unique to the East. In the West, we have a different relationship. Many of us have different relationships to our parents. And so bringing forward the sacred masculine, the the archetypal father, mother, sacred feminine, can be challenging. Um, Some people in community do not have relationships with biological parents. In fact, they have relationships with chosen family only. So having these discussions can be activating, can be stirring. We're going to take a very gentle approach to this. We're going to be receptive and open. And this is why I encourage everyone to find a posture in the body that brings the body ease. Ease and relaxation. There's plenty of time to put the body in a noble meditative posture with the legs crossed, the spine nice and straight, the belly soft, the back strong. That's one posture of meditation. But another posture of meditation is to rest, to lie down. Another posture of meditation is in movement, taking a walk, preparing a meal, tidying your space. I'd like to invite you to dip into your body, the first foundation of sati, mindfulness, and honor your body and engage your body in what your body wants most, wants to do most. Be very still, Be very strong. Be in movement. You decide. You know what is best for you. And then enjoy breathing in no particular forced way. Just observe the breath entering the body and exiting the body. Breathing in. Breathing out.
We have been discussing the theme of the sacred masculine and looking at different qualities that have been constructed and defined culturally and socially uh, that makes a man. Historically, we've looked at the mythology of gods and goddesses over ancient history, how those archetypes have changed over time. And what qualities stick in our consciousness, what we're still believing, the stories we're still telling ourselves. And we're not here to determine anything right or wrong. We're simply here to take notice of what is alive in you. When you hear the word masculine, when you hear the word sacred, what comes alive? What thought starts to arise? What emotions begin to lift? Masculine qualities are in both men and women. We know that we've said many times now that gender is fluid. Therefore, these qualities are fluid. Today, I'd like to bring forward a quality that is often assigned to the masculine, to the patriarchal approach, and that is the idea of aggression. But aggression, just as a concept, lives in each of us. And yesterday, during our meditation, we were talking about, with Roshi Joan Halifax's book, we were discussing how busyness and overworking is actually an act of violence and aggression toward ourselves. Misusing substances is an act of aggression toward ourselves. The way we berate ourselves is an act of aggression toward ourselves. All of the ways we continue to shame ourselves and abuse ourselves and limit ourselves all are acts of aggression toward ourselves. And we keep a lot of this aggression internalized. But the thing about it is that it is easily activated, easily triggered, and it comes out in very curious ways under different conditions. One of the ones we've been hearing about regularly is when we're driving, road rage, those aggressive feelings when we tighten the steering wheel because someone has cut us off, someone has not seen us and taken a turn, we've barely missed hitting someone, and we feel instantly, involuntarily angry, frustrated, we might even act on that and 
drive a little bit faster, feel that aggression, that prickliness within. Maybe we become unskillful and we use our body to hands to gesture. We use our face to give sneering, disapproving looks. It happens so fast. We feel so righteous in doing it. And then a few minutes later, when we kind of come back to our senses, there's this moment where the mind is like, whoa, what was that all about? What just happened? Internalized aggression, now expressed and projected externally. Not rocket science. And such a curiosity, such a wonderful place to explore. How does the shadow part of aggression live in you. Not all aggression is shadowed. There's also within each of us aggression that is very positive. It comes in the form of assertion. It comes in the form of social justice activism, straightforwardness, unwavering conviction, standing up to a bully. There's still a degree of aggression there, but it's channeled in a different way. How does that live in you? And for every quality that has both a light and shadow side that is difficult, aggression is a difficult quality to explore, its sister, its family member, its partner, its opposite, also has light and shadow qualities. So when you ask yourself the question, what is the opposite of aggression within me? For me, the opposite of shadow aggression, that sort of violent, angry, growling aggression, is the quality of gentleness. At the same time, the opposite of assertion that can still have that very strong, aggressive nature, that fighting spirit, the opposite of that quality within me is passivity, collapse, avoidance. 
why are we looking at these qualities? Why are we questioning them? Because, friends, in our, in our lack of understanding, in that space of not fully understanding ourselves, not knowing ourselves, we have instead cultivated habit energy to numb the unpleasant feelings that arise. We use substances to make bad feelings go away. We ask ourselves these questions in the safety and quiet of a meditation practice to just get curious about our capacity as a human being to have such a range of feeling within and reaction as a result. And the more we understand ourselves in this way, the less likely we are to engage our habit energy, to soothe what makes us uncomfortable in ways that isn't serving us well, and to find other ways of soothing ourselves, other ways of seeking comfort and understanding. Wise understanding is the first aspect of the Noble Eightfold Path. How does aggression, growling aggression, live in you? What are the conditions that make it come forward? How does the positive element of assertion live in you? What are the conditions that call it forward? How can you invite gentleness to cool that growling, aggressive nature when it arises instead of acting and reacting on the aggression? How can you invite its sister gentleness to come forward. Hey, wow, this is a prickly feeling. This is a vengeful feeling. This is a hot feeling. Let's see if we can breathe. How when we're feeling in that state of collapse, that state of avoidance and aversion, that passive, small, worthless place can we call to that part of us that is more self-assured confident hey we can stand up for ourselves we can do this we can stare at this craving and know that we're okay 
We don't have to cave to this craving. We can be with it, strong, assertive, okay. I bring all of this forward in the context of the masculine because we have a construct that has men being the aggressors, which is why I've chosen the word sacred before this word masculine, because we all have aggression <laughs> within us, and, regret, and aggression has many, many aspects to it. This is what makes us whole human beings, men and women alike. And that full spectrum, that full range of human beingness is indeed sacred. We are here to awaken to these qualities alive and well in all of us and therefore alive and well in everyone. As we awaken and understand these qualities within us, our reaction to them in others will change and shift. May we all have the courage to bring gentleness, peace, understanding, loving-kindness, compassion, joy to all so that we can be free of habit energy that keeps us small. Take a moment and observe a gentle smile if your face feels like smiling. And allow your inhalation to be slow and really deep so that you can feel your rib cage really expanding. You know, get nice and big in your torso. Open your chest up, roll your shoulders back a little bit. If you're sitting, maybe rise up on your, on your sitting bones a little bit. Take up some space. Assert your presence here. Allow the beauty of your shadows to be seen by the glory of your light.
And let's go ahead and end our beautiful practice with a dedication of merit. I have no idea why the voice of Maya Angelou is in my head right now, but she is. And one of the things she so famously said was she was reminding us as egoic human beings that people are going to forget what we've done all of our good actions. People are going to forget all of our pretty words. But people will never forget the way we make them feel. I love that idea. And I'd like to end our practice today by inviting that essence, the essence of her message, that people won't forget the way we make them feel, to include ourselves. How do I make myself feel? If I am in the habit of making myself feel miserable, chances are I will be putting out into the world energy that brings forward a little misery. I may not mean to, but that doesn't mean I don't do it. So what an invitation to take a look at how do I make myself feel? And when you are aware of that and when you notice how you're making someone else feel, say you make someone else feel good, so good that they want to cry. Let's say you're in a position of someone who's made you feel good, so good that you want to cry. Can you receive the essence of that goodness? Can you allow it to penetrate the armor of a self-protected heart? Can you allow yourself the depth of goodness in the intentions of another? These are great inquiry questions for healing. And if you can, if you can allow goodness from someone else to enter, maybe that will find the goodness that you can offer yourself. And maybe that will reinforce and energize you to help others feel good. It reminds me of One of the last lines in Shantideva's beautiful prayer of the Bodhisattva. For as long as sentient beings exist, for as long as suffering exists, may I too exist to dispel the misery of the world. What a sacred act. What a holy act. What a divine way to be in the world. See you next time, friends. Namaste.